Tomorrow is the unknown. We come together in the morning, we establish ourselves in the bring our attention to the way it is during this chanting in the morning to reaffirm our vow, our determination for our lives. Buddha Dhamma Sangha. <coughs> See, this is a opportunity to come and, and make that determination to do it every morning. To, to try to make the morning chanting into something that is really something that you're using and developing rather than just going along with it. So much of our life is perfunctory. We just go along with things. In mindfulness wisdom, we, we take things, we use them, we, we make them alive, we breathe spirit of life into them. We use them for reflection, for inspiration, for cultivation. To get out of the institutional tendencies of a form, such as monasticism, you have to develop it yourself so that you're, you're not just kind of going along with everything um, in a kind of stupid way. Just because you're, you're afraid of what people will think or out of a sense of duty and you just go along with things is not the way to enlightenment. We have this ability with our minds to look at something and figure out how to use it for realizing truth, for uplifting the mind. For confirming or affirming things in our minds. So that this chanting and, and morning contemplations are, are being used and developed rather than just something that you do half-heartedly or go through the motions of life. In this retreat I've emphasized uh, refuges so that this sense of refuge is cultivated. Sometimes the Christian uh, religion, we tend to believe in grace. That there's something, something called grace that comes from God. And that's, uh, that's the idea of, of the kind of Brahmanical type of religion or that which comes from outside us and protects us and, and uh, it's a belief system based on external forces. So that 
the grace of God. We depend on it. It's a refuge for the Christian. For the Buddhist, it's, it's, uh, the whole practice is one of self-reliance, of cultivation. Not, sense, not the ego, kind of, I can do it by myself, I don't need God. It's not, it's not based on ego or a rejection of, of God from an egotistical position. I don't need God, I'm going to do it all by myself, is an is a ultimate conceit, isn't it? It's Luciferian. It's the conceit that Lucifer, the angel Lucifer, had. That's not Buddhism. Uh, that's not the Buddhist position. A, but the, the attitude of self-reliance or learning how to cultivate, how to develop the way through mindfulness, through reflection through opening the heart and realization of truth. Not uh, this sense of, of depending on grace from the Buddha, but of actually realizing Buddha, realize, knowing Buddha as Buddha, that which in, in our own experience here and now is the ability to be aware and wisely observe Dhamma, know Dhamma, the Buddha seeing the Dhamma. It's not a, it's, it's a different attitude, say, than, re, than believing in Buddha as a kind of God that protects us. Well, apply that to uh, practical things like the morning chanting and the tradition, the Vinaya, and all these conventions that we have, these to be developed and cultivated and to, to be used with wisdom rather than to believe that somehow by keeping the vinaya, vinaya we're going to be purified. If we keep all the rules properly, we're going to be kind of proper and impeccable little bhikkhus. And that's going to, we're going to attain some, something called purity by keeping all those rules properly. And that's uh, Buddhism, what they call silabhata baramatha, believing in rites and rituals. So purity is, is uh, to, as a belief that somehow by, by doing ceremonies or keeping rules that we're going to become pure is, is still from that deluded state of me having to become pure by doing something performing some ritual or keeping rules, establishing our attention on the way things are, the breath of the body, sound of silence, 
the mood now intuitive developing the intuitive mind the reflective mind like the the uh, conditioned mind is perceives is is a mind that of perceptions where we we believe in the appearances of things so that how things appear how we're conditioned to perceive something we tend to believe that is reality when uh, intuition operates uh, then we're more aware of how things really are underneath the surface or the the uh, conventional appearance of something, we, there's an intuitive sense. But this uh, tends to be not um, developed very much in the Western mind, because so much emphasis is placed on the conditioning of the mind with perceptions. <laughs> beliefs and going along very much in believing that the appearance of everything is there is reality so we we have we kind of try to create societies and situations that appear all right and everything looks good and and that gives us a sense of of uh, security because on the surface it all is clean and ordered and proper and uh, it uh, it's the way things should be on the on the on the level of perception when uh, when things go off on that realm then we get a bit upset because so much of our blindness is wanting the appearance that everything is all right. We'd like to, we want everything to look all right. But because it's, it's only a kind of cosmetic world that we create, then there's always this underlying anxiety from the intuitive mind. Because we realize it is, is merely a facade that it and we, and we want to believe it. It's really that way. Sometimes we have, we affirm it, don't we? Say everything is all right. Everything's all right. Tell me you love me. I love you. Tell, say that this is the right way, that we're doing everything, that everything is okay. Everything is okay. And this, am I, uh, Am I um, um, an acceptable person? Yes, you are. You're a wonderful person. And so on. The affirmations of life. The society uh, kind of confirming itself as being everything is okay. We're right. But that is... Uh, that is the world of belief, isn't it? The mind believes, wants to believe, wants everything to look all right, 
but underlying it all uh, is, 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 are the uh, devadutas of old age, sickness, and death. They're not very, uh, they don't help in this confirmation that everything is all right. Uh, people that non-conforming, disruptive, uh, mad, crazy people, they don't help either. They're David Dutas because they, they, they aren't going along with the, with the appearances. They disrupt and they, they cause uh, the mind to, one feels very insecure, uncertain, uncomfortable with things that, that interfere or disrupt the appearance. So with mindfulness wisdom, we're, we're getting in touch again with that intuitive sense sense behind the sense. But the problem with intuition is that the vocabulary we have to express intuitions is conditioned by this apparent uh, and often and, and very false uh, con uh, realm of perception. So that it uh, it does, sometimes our intuitions even, uh, we, our interpretations, the way we express, come, it comes from, is very highly affected by fears and, and even uh, conceit. Self, subtle sense of self. I'm a very intuitive person, that kind of thing. I don't just go on the surface of everything. I see deeply into the... I'm really uh, very sensitive uh, type, of, type of being. I see people's auras and I, I can tell how things really are. I have this, I've developed this intuitive ability so that the, this... Uh, this, this way of, of combining a, an ignorant conditioned self-view with the experiences of intuition. Of course, leads to confusion of another kind, another kind of ridiculousness. That's why the, the way out of suffering isn't through, through becoming an intuitive person, but by understanding the way things are. We're not attacking the, the conventions of the society or the facades or the surfaces or the appearances. We're not rebels. We're not here to kind of tell everybody what they should be doing or set everybody straight. But try to encourage and open up uh, a way of looking and understanding life which, where wisdom is being used rather than, than uh, selfishness and ignorance. With wisdom you're investigating 
the way it is. So, so you might be aware of, of, a, of underlying moods and feelings and attitudes and that, but you're not, you're seeing it in the sense of Dhamma, Buddha seeing Dhamma, rather than in the worldly sense of this person or that person or how things should or shouldn't be or the kind of way we, we, we tend to uh, interpret even our intuitive sense. Remember that the conditioned mind is, is uh, the language we have, the way we express ourselves comes from this uh, belief that I am a person and you are a person, that, that is reality, that our true nature is personality. Now a lot of us have a feeling of, you know, when we, when we really look at ourselves and are honest, there's, there's a, sometimes a feeling of kind of despair. A sense, maybe, of, of worthlessness, sometimes negative, some, something negative, or unknown, or unclear, confused, unfulfilled as a person. And people uh, you know, we, we make a lot about where people's experiences of life are, the traumas of their lives, the, the things that kind of gave them a, a lot of misery or, or a, a, a kind of distorted self-view. So this is where the emphasis on dukkha is so helpful, to, to, to really see that 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 uh, a self view is itself is in itself dukkha. If there's any any identification with any negative state, any assumptions one is making about oneself as being anything, then the result is despair. That's why. Uh, the, the emphasis making, trying to encourage you to really look at that sense of me having to do something, to become something in the future. Or this, the, the view of the, maybe an, an underlying feeling that one can't do it or that one is messed up or there's something wrong as a dukkha. Now the insight into dukkha is to understand it as is, it's this way. To recognize it, not analyze it. When we start analyzing, I am I have this suffering, I have this bad self-image because my father used to abuse me 
or I, or some people, there's a lot of talk now about being sexually abused when you're a child, or whatever, little girls being abu sexually abused by uh, dirty uncles and things like this, so that one dirty old man and horrible fathers. And we make a lot about all this into as if it were as if it was a ruination of one's life. Or that, you know, it's uh, not that it's, uh, you know, not to dismiss it, but to recognize that that that, uh, that feeling uh, that one might have in regards to oneself as being somehow damaged or stained or ruined by things that have happened or a sense of worthlessness or, or that is to be understood, to be accepted. That feeling uh, is to be accepted for what it is. It's the way it is. There's that ability in the Buddha to see, of the Buddha seeing the Dhamma to just accept that feeling for what it is. and then to let go of it, the second noble truth, because that feeling is, in, is, is, uh, is impermanent, it's not self, it's, it's a feeling, it's an attitude, it's an assumption of the mind. So this refuge is, is we're, we're changing that that whole attitude, that way of perceiving the self with problems to the Buddha seeing the Dhamma. <coughs> There's nothing that's happened to us that, that isn't, I mean, what, no matter how uh, what, how many, how terrible some of the experiences we might have had in our lives might be, or how unfair life might have been to us, or it's still not an obstacle to enlightenment. Recognize it. From my own experience, I was not, uh, I don't ever recall being sexually abused as a child. That part of my life, that those kind of experiences, if not, so that that there's this, there can be this uh, assumption that there's something wrong with me, even though I can't trace it to being abused as a child, being malicious, unfair, my parents not loving me, or anything like that. But more and more I just see that the, the personality view is itself that. As long as one, one believes, has not seen the personality view as dukkha, then one's always going to have this feeling of there's something wrong or something not right with me. Now, 
maybe we don't, and, and the even coarser person doesn't even see it for them, they see there's something wrong with, with everyone else. The less aware person tends to blame everyone else. You know, there's something wrong with my mother and father, there's something wrong with, with uh, my class or my society. America, that's what it's for. America's ruined my life. Or, because I had to go to a school, a competitive school, where I was, I wasn't, wasn't allowed to fully develop my personality, and I had to conform to a foolish society. And it, these these kind of of uh, ways of justifying one's uh, or trying to explain one's feeling of inadequacy or. anxiety. But um, in Buddha Dhamma, you trace it to the basic, uh, this is a reflection only, I'm not, I don't expect you to believe this, but contemplate this, this sense of being a person, a separate personality, a man, a woman, a, a type. Uh, what is personality, Sakaya Ditti? I am somebody, I am, I, there's something wrong with me, I should be something else, I shouldn't, I shouldn't get angry like I do, I shouldn't feel this way, I should, I should be, I shouldn't be so selfish, I should be more considerate and sensitive. But I'm this way because, you see, I had a pretty rotten childhood and my mother was, was an alcoholic, and my father was a drug addict, and and I was brought up in a, in a den of thieves, and and so that's ruined my life. Not that those things are, are certainly a negative impingement, but the way out of it isn't through. I mean, it doesn't. One, if one believes all that and it's face value, then you are. You're just going to be a victim of life. There's no hope for you because you've been ruined. If you don't get it right in the beginning, there's no hope. If your parents aren't arahants and you're living in the perfect society where everything's right, then it means we're going to be damaged and we're just, you know, we, we, we're born and then we're damaged and the rest of our life we, we just have to be damaged beings because, uh, because it's their fault. That's one view, that's one assumption. Or, say from the uh, position of Buddha seeing Dhamma, we just see that that is an illusory realm. Uh, an assumption, an attitude of mind, a condition of mind, not the way things really are. Because that all that assumption, that memory, is a condition. It arises, ceases. There's this refuge in knowing that whatever is subject to arising is subject to ceasing. So contemplate it. If you this, get to know this, the, the self as 
the conditioning them. That which knows is not self. That which is knowing things as they are isn't self. Self, or Sakyaditi in this, is are the conditions that we believe in as me. I am my body. I look like this. I, the memories of my life are mine. My self-image. My position, my role. All of these are, create this Sakayaditi view, the self-view. But then there's the sense beyond the sense that knows that this is that this is condition conditioning that this is really this isn't really anything but but foam on the sea soap bubbles when you when you really look at it 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 does there's nothing left it's like a soap bubble when you puncture it you can't even find a rem anything remaining and yet a soap bubble can look quite solid, can't it? If you don't, if you don't realize it's a soap bubble, it can look like a big object right in front of you. It can look solid. And then you puncture it, you can't even find any trace of it. Maybe a slight dampness or something that goes away very quickly. <laughs> 